This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of OPI Talk. I'm your host, Andy Braithwaite. Uh, My guest in this episode is the recent recipient of the coveted Industry Achievement Award at OPI's 2021 European Office Products Awards. And if for some reason you don't know, that is Richard Sharman, the CEO of multi-channel business products operator PBS Holding. I spoke with Richard about what the award meant to him, how PBS has navigated the COVID crisis, current market trends and recent acquisitions. I also asked him for his views on the dismantling of the Staples and Office Depot businesses in Europe. Hi Richard, good to see you this morning, hope you're okay. Hi Andy, Um, yes everything's fine, as fine as it can be uh, under these circumstances these days. So fine, thank you. Okay, good. Yeah, I was going to ask you what the what the COVID situation is in Austria at the moment with you know, vaccinations and that kind of thing. Well, uh, tricky issue. Um, overall, still depressing from my point of view. The vaccination program is not speeding up as expected. And, and these days, I think you have to be 75 plus in Austria to, to receive a shot. Otherwise, no chance uh, for the moment. And business-wise, of course, um, our markets are still strongly affected by this situation, ongoing lockdowns like we see in Germany, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary. So there is pressure on the top line, uh, still lots of work from home. Um, And so business-wise, still struggling and not really funny to be in that situation. So not yet the light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, well, let's hope the situation, you know, we get to some sense of uh, normality later on in the year when the, the vaccine program hopefully uh, speeds up and uh, most people get, get their vaccines. So, yep, yeah, first thing I wanted to say was congratulations on winning the Industry Achievement mm-hmm. Award at the, uh, the 2021 European Office Products Awards. How, how did that feel? Uh, thank you very much. A very serious thing. Uh, and really a great honor and pleasure for me. And, and it came fully unexpected. As, as I was wondering uh, what the hell have I done to deserve <laughs> this. And it came as, as a total surprise. But finally, I think it's a very personal thing, uh, um, this award. And the question is, uh, what about my person? What have I done to, to, to get recognized by, by the industry and, and, and the judges. And I think maybe it's just the way I deal with others in this industry and the way I, I act as, as, as being responsible for a business and, and the relationships in our industry. It's, it's about being open, straightforward, trustful, committed. And of course, a continuous contribution to the industry is from my point of view, very key to, to that award. So. In case these were the main reasons for this award, uh, then I'm even more honored uh, in that situation. So clearly a surprise and really uh, a bit proud, I have to say. Yeah, well, I think thoroughly, de- thoroughly deserve. You've certainly been a yeah, fixture and a contributor to, to OPI events, for example, and uh, so other, other industry organizations. And at the same time of... Uh, been very successful in leading your company, which obviously counts for something as well. (laughs) (laughs) 
You first worked for PBS in a marketing role. You left the company and then came back. I think you were appointed CEO in 2009. What do you think have been your main achievements in the past 10 or 11 years? Well, um, interesting question because, uh, as, as you mentioned, uh, just before becoming CEO, I, I left the PBS. Uh, because from my point of view, uh, the lack of vision was was really a, a, a painful thing at that moment, looking for opportunities and not being able to follow them up. And, and therefore, um, uh, I left and, and, and uh, I jo- joined Bombardier Recreational Products as vice president and, and started selling aircraft engines all around the world. So completely different business and quite exciting, by the way. Uh, but again, um, this industry seems to be a quite sticky place. So I returned back, uh, finding the opportunity to, to manage a management buyout within the PBS, um, as the PBS just found the opportunity to enter the German market. And then the, the former owner said, we need someone to manage this adventure. And, and this was the reason why I came back and then uh, took over the majority of shares with my colleagues and then started off this this adventure uh, around 13 years ago. And since then, we were constantly growing. And uh, at that time, the business was around 100 million in top line, and we were active in just three countries. Um, And by the way, no profits at all. So uh, quite challenging situation. Uh, But I was younger. Um, I was curious to see what, what I could achieve. And I was pretty brave. So with the knowledge I have right now, maybe things would have developed differently uh, because it was really an adventure and it was quite some risk, at least at that time when I'm thinking about this situation, uh, full of challenges and um, lots of chances to, to make something wrong uh, at that point. But since then, um, we, we continuously developed our footprint and we changed the organizational approach uh, for the companies because I opened the door to our managing directors to become shareholders, uh, which, by the way, was just following up on, on the same concept I, I have fulfilled with my former owners of PBS. So I said, well, uh, if uh, I'm really committed, it has to be my own business. And, and this was uh, the option I granted to, to uh, my MDs, and most of them followed up. And then since then, we are working uh, very closely together and run those businesses line uh, together side by side and, and are making most of the important decisions truly together. Mm. So it's, it's not a corporation style we have implemented there. So it's, it's very entrepreneurial. And I think this is one of the major foundations for our recent development in, in Europe and all the countries where we're active in. And um, so that's still the key element uh, for PBS and its growth potential is very much depending on the right teams and the right people. And um, looking back to the acquisitions we did or the greenfield operation, they were always uh, very closely linked to this idea, do I have the right team in place I can trust? And I really believe in. So if, if this is not the case, uh, an acquisition won't happen. Mm. And I was looking, for example, for years into Poland and didn't find the right uh, target. I was looking into more than 10 companies 
to acquire them and and always stepped back because I, I don't feel I didn't feel comfortable with the team there and and therefore uh, one day I found the right team but I had no company and this was the reason to go greenfield in Poland and since then it was a story of success truly a success story and um, now we are by far the market leading wholesale operation in Poland and growing double digit even last year uh, mm -hmm. very much linked to the commitment of the team and DMD. He's re truly running his own business there. Uh, and for me, it's good because nothing to interfere with because he's much smarter doing the business in Poland than myself, of course. Okay, you can t take care of the, the strategic areas of the company and you've got uh, your, your trusted, trusted managers to run the day-to-day -day businesses. Definitely. So there is lots of trust in there. But on the other side, someone has to take care that we stay competitive and we are acting in an European international environment. So just having a local successful business is not enough these days. So a big part of my job is to link all those companies together, uh, build up an international setup and, and look for those issues which are really key to stay top notch. Um, in terms of competition in the market. So uh, that, that's my major goal to, to, to guarantee for the group a competitive environment and that we are very close to the service levels, the markets and our customers uh, are requesting from us. And, and this truly cannot be achieved just on a local basis. It's not possible any longer. Okay. Can you just quickly remind us of the PBS group as, as it is today? As it is today, it's, it's a 340 million business active in eight countries. Um, we are doing business mainly in two channels, but more or less, I think we are truly multi-channel uh, operation. So 50% of our top line is, is wholesale, 50% um, is, is direct business, changing from year to year, depending on the organic growth and uh, acquisitions, of course. And so far, uh, we keep on developing our base. And for this year, we expect to hit the 400 million top line um, and maybe some new countries added to the PBS group. I was going to say that sounds like a very, very strong growth. Can you, you tell us a little bit more about where, where you think that will come from? Well, in general, of course, we tried to bounce back in terms of organic growth. Uh, COVID was there. And, and so uh, like last year, we lost around 30 million uh, in top line. Uh, so therefore, uh, at least we should see some substantial figures um, in terms of growth on the top line. But of course, there, there's a, a huge pot of opportunities out there these days and, and many companies up for sale. Um, and, and we are looking to the one or the other opportunity. Okay. We would like to see a fit. Okay. Any, any clues you can give us about new countries? No, not really, because then it's, it's pretty obvious where, where we are active uh, right now. And as we are in a stage of, of um, confidentiality in, in those discussions, I cannot share this with you. And I have no idea if we really will succeed by the end of the day. But of course, we do our, our best as soon as we recognize the perfect fit might be out there for us. Okay, good. We'll, uh, we'll keep an eye out for, for anything, <laughs> any announcements on, on that. You mentioned the top line declines due due to COVID. I mean, how, how have you coped in the past 12 months? Well, I think 
or I believe it was as difficult as it was for anybody else in this industry. We were facing lockdowns, suffering top line performance issues, crazy business with COVID products uh, while being focused on cost control and financial stability. So at the end, it turned out to be a very difficult year. But from an economic point of view, not really a crisis for PBS, so to be open. Of course, as mentioned, we lost around 30 million on the top line, uh, which is not nice, but we were planning growth. And so so we didn't like that picture. But uh, like for like, we were down only by minus 3%, which was not that huge issue. Um, and so bottom line, we could even fulfill our plans. So from a financial point of view, we are very stable or even improved last year our profitability. Yeah. So, so that, that we are pretty safe. And when it comes to, to certain achievements, I don't see specific achievements uh, we have done so far because I think we are doing just the same things all other fellows in our industry are doing. So yeah. we have to accept that this pandemic is slowing down all our projects. Uh, but on the opposite, uh, these projects are coming back right now uh, in a much faster pace than expected. So these days we're extremely busy managing those new opportunities and this interrupted projects from last year. Of course, top line is not yet there, but, but we truly believe at least by summer, we should see a more comfortable situation. And at least for the second half of the year, we expect more organic growth. Okay. So therefore uh, it was a tough year. Uh, but it was not a disaster. No, we can't yeah. say that. I, th I think you are either debt-free or have very, very low levels of debt across the group. I mean, how, how when you look at that now, how, how much of a help was that in terms of the financial situation over the past year? It was a huge help because we saw in the very beginning of the pandemic that the banks were pretty tight on their money in the very beginning. As soon as the government started to support this and taking on guarantees, um, the, the tensions were eased a little bit. We had never a minute an issue about financing. It's just the opposite right now. So we were slowing down or stopping um, planned projects. So we spent less money. And by the end of the year, we're even doing prepayments for our taxes because otherwise we have to pay negative interest on, uh, on our bank account. So that's the situation right now. So yeah. truly waiting for opportunities to spend some money yeah okay when, when you look at the the market situation and perhaps some of the changes that have come about or been accelerated uh, over you know the past year or so like digitalization e-commerce work from home maybe product category trends i mean how, how how do you see that evolving well um you just named it i think uh there were significant impacts on our business. So things changed significantly, but uh, nothing that came out of the blue. Um, I'm, I'm totally convinced. So it's just speeding up well-known trends, like you mentioned it, new product categories, more online, more flexibility when dealing with customers. So we, we, we kept on investing in these areas and push harder to open up new channels. So all of a sudden the private customer uh, tends to be more in our focus group uh, these days, uh, which is new to us, but it's just continuing our story to get closer to the end customer, wherever he might be within a corporation, in his private home, we don't care. So, so therefore, nothing by surprise, 
but more pressure on speeding up existing developments. That that's pretty clear. Um, and of course, in addition to that, this overall situation will speed up the consolidation of the European structures. That that that's pretty clear. And we have recently seen um, activities like from Office Depot in France making a huge change to their organization in that country. So um, things are speeding up in general. But of course, always accompanied by new opportunities. What has been your biggest learning in, in the past year or so? Well, I should have a smart answer to that. <laughs> but uh, to, to be honest, so there, there is not much learning about this, just, just the situation that I don't want to repeat such a situation, not from an economic point of view, not from a personal point of view. And, and therefore, I think the best is to, to look into the future and say, what well, don't forget about the key elements we have to drive for our future success and don't tie your business so much down that, that you can't breathe any longer. And, and even the future might be more questionable when you just keep on working down this very hard cost control way in your organization. So um, this was clearly an important learning out of this, but uh, I really am not up to learn how to manage a pandemic any longer. Uh, I'm not into that. <laughs> I'm not ready to that. And there is no emotion for this because I'm, I'm simply fed up by, by dealing with those issues that don't provide any upsides, just getting over the next couple of months, um, which is depressing and, and not motivating. So Yeah, kind of, there's a weariness, I think, generally, isn't there, with with this whole situation and uh, just a you know, desire to, to get back to, if yeah. I can say normal, but uh, yeah. COVID-free, yeah. yeah. But on the other side, as, as you just mentioned this, I think our, our very entrepreneurial local setup within the PBS group helped uh, definitely quite a lot, quite a lot, because this decentralized management and this responsibilities linked to that made us, I think, more flexible and, and faster in our reactions. And this is what we have seen. So our financial performance also didn't come out of the blue. So it was a very tight control on, on, on a country level, um, very successful. Maybe it's a proof of our concept to a certain extent. Yeah. Now, you've recently acquired the Staples Solutions Global Accounts team. What do you see as the opportunities in that contract space? Well, interesting, because these days it's more fashionable to get away from these contract customers. Uh, SMB is so much smarter, despite the fact it's so much more difficult for us. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I think we keep on playing in that field. In the countries where we are currently active, we are usually one of the dominant players in, in this contract channel environment. And what we have seen or learned out of the past is as long as we can have this local competition, even with the big boxes, even with the likes of Lureco and, and Staples and Office Depot, I think we, we can manage pretty successfully this competition. But as soon as the customers ask us for participating in an international tender, um, we rush out of the door because we have no answer to that. Um, and so this was the missing link within our contract strategy. And, and this opportunity with Staples came along. And of course, we were quite interested in that. And finally, we were successful to pick this up. And, and so this is just closing the loop for us in, in, in this 
contract environment, making us, I think, much more competitive and building on the network Staples has introduced over the, the recent years, uh, which, which is perfect for us. We know how to deal with networks and other companies and, and teaming up on, uh, on, on a very close cooperation and deciding together what could be the best approach to, um, to the international business, but also on a local level. So it seems to be a perfect fit, but as we have learned over the last couple of weeks, uh, it's two different cultures coming together. Oh, so okay. maybe some piece of work left for us. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So always, that is always one of the things perhaps we don't talk about enough is that you know the, the different cultures that when you come that come together when you have a merger of this kind. Yeah, um, and, and usually you know the the numbers you you read in the uh, in the book says at least more than fifty percent of the mergers fail. Um, mm. Not that often you hear those stories um, in, in the public, but uh, I think mostly it's linked to merge the teams, the people, and the culture. Um, and, and this is why we, we are quite sensible on, on, on that task. Um, to be honest, in, in, in that environment, we didn't have the time to spend quite some time with the people involved, which I didn't like at all, but it has to be executed pretty fast. Um, and therefore, it, it was just... Um, a discussion between the seller and the buyer and, and not really the teams involved. Uh, and, and now we see that the teams are very committed and, and they start to learn um, this different kind of freedom they will have within the PBS network. But of course, this comes along with, with other things that are not working in the same way as they used to, to see from Staples. They, they were very professional cooperation, very extensive structures and, and frameworks in place where we just have responsible people. So I cannot show an organizational chart to answer all your questions. <laughs> I can just name you people <laughs> whom you should talk to and maybe find a solution to that. So you see that, that that's maybe a bit of a different approach. Yeah. They are now learning and, and I think it will work both ways. Uh, they will take us on the next level of, of being more organized, better organized maybe, um, and, and we provide more opportunities due to more freedom and more direct decision-making processes within the organization. Okay. All right. It's interesting. That's not the first time you've acquired a business from either Staples or, or Office Depot in Europe. You know, when you, when you look at those two, two former American-owned businesses that were trying to conquer Europe and now, you know, the, the parent companies in, in the US have, have sold those companies and we can talk about them now being dismantled, probably. That's a, probably a, a fair word. What, what, what do you think went wrong for those businesses? It's, it's a very tricky question because later on, you just meet experts who know what they should have done. Um, and... Uh, from, from my point of view, it's, it's very hard to say because they had to manage quite diverse structures in Europe. They, they came in uh, or they crushed into Europe and acquired anybody that, that couldn't hide in the trees within three seconds. And, and of course, that's difficult to manage. Um, and theoretically, I believe a clear corporate approach seems to be the right answer. So at least if you're following up those theoretical instructions, you, you you could find in in that respect but the complexity linked to the different company backgrounds and the local market needs i think they have put some severe obstacles in their way 
So it, it was really a tough job to, to manage this, this comprehensive and diverse setup they have chosen for Europe. Uh, and they, they tried it different ways, American style, European style, centralized style, decentralized. So you cannot say they didn't do whatever they could do at that moment, but maybe it was just too much and, and never found some, 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 some really stable ground to rest uh, there. And, and then, of course, um, by the end of the day, changing ownerships with different economic, corporate, but, but more or less financial strategy wasn't good to the business at all, because then you had to follow different routes, uh, again, taking you away from, from the core operational business uh, requirements and not making the environment easier to manage. So I'm quite cautious uh, about this situation because all other companies in Europe might fail the same way. And especially PBS, I think we are quite quite in danger to that respect because I'm, I'm just coming from, from the different angle um, with a very diverse structure, just keeping the core together and maybe not able to, to fully control everything. Um, and maybe one day when, when the environment gets a bit tougher, it might be very difficult to manage this, this, this colorful crowd uh, we have in our hands. So, so ending up with an uncontrollable, unprofitable company structure can be likely for anyone acting on, on this, this European level. Yeah. And therefore, um, I'm worrying about this and hard to identify one single failures uh, in this development. Maybe it was simply too much. Um, and then they wanted to change that heavily in a very short time frame that they weren't doing all good to the business in that time. And then things just went worse. So as simple as that. And there are so many smart guys in their organizations, and this is what I truly see every day, just taking on the Office Depot business in the Czech Republic and Slovakia. We are absolutely happy with the teams. We didn't change the teams. It's the same guys. Um, the one who was managing director is now owner, co-owner of the business, and he's pushing and pushing um, and doing a great job. Happy to have him in, within our team. So um, there is so much expertise but they still fail. So I'm cautious, not, not, not to say I know what, what went wrong and I know it better. I don't, unfortunately. It's interesting. And I'm sure that uh, that whole issue of acquiring in Europe and what went wrong could eventually be a, you know, an MBA case study or, or, or something, something along, <laughs> something along I'm those sure, lines. Yeah. I'm sure this will provide <laughs> enough, <laughs> enough background. Yeah. Now I'm sure if I don't at least mention interaction, that uh, Jan van Bellingham will send me a, send me an email asking me why why not. So you, you are you are <laughs> you, you are the chairman of this uh, pan European group. Just just quickly tell us a little bit about interaction and you know, how it benefits you and the other members. Well, uh, I think interaction was one of the first steps for us to become uh, really international. Of course, mainly focused on, on the sourcing side, teaming up with other parties in Europe. Um, and, and in the very beginning, so this was really the, the first get together on a European level. And of course, we are just taking the easiest approach. Purchasing together is always easy. Saving some money and then and getting the stuff from Asia together um, is not, not rocket science. But over the time, I think we, we, we developed a quite reliable partnership um, within this interaction group. And just looking at this, the core 
participants are, are still the same that started off this adventure together. So, so we are still a very tight and, and small group working together in a very trustful environment. And, and this is important. And, and the longer we knew each other, the more trust is in there. And therefore, uh, interaction is, is, is pretty similar to, to, to PBS. It's not managed by a contract. Uh, it's a mutual understanding and an and agreement uh, what we are ready to build up together. And from that point of view, we are very successful. So we run our private label range uh, fully managed by Jan and his team um, on a European level. So I think it's two or 3,000 SKUs at the moment with competitive pricings because we have seen the comparison to the likes of Office Depot and Staples. So um, it's, it's, it's pretty the same level of what we can achieve there. And of course, um, as the market's getting more and more consolidated, it's always good to have close friends and think about opportunities. So it's, it's much more than just a sourcing alliance. It's a strategic partnership we have in place there. So developing quite positively over the, the, the last years, but of course being challenged by the need to move into new product categories, uh, which is more difficult as not all the members running at the same pace in that direction. So yeah. normal issues. Sure. Say. Yeah. You, you mentioned cooperation there. When you, when you look at your, for example, that uh, the contract business that you've, you've just acquired and that, that is international accounts, would that be an area, for example, where you would look to cooperate with fellow interaction members in, in countries where you're not present? Um, definitely, yes. Uh, Besides the fact that we have taken on um, a full up and running network from Staples, including this partnership agreements uh, with many different players on the European level. Some, maybe, maybe most of them, we already have a partnership or a relationship to them, some new players in there. But, but you are absolutely right. Uh, thinking about cooperation on a European level can't stop at the purchasing side. So we have to go beyond that. And of course, um, sales um, and uh, go to market strategies is, is the no brainer that that would be linked to that. Of course, I, I will take on this this discussion to the interaction board and see what what, uh, what the views are there and, and how we can build on this. But uh, it's pretty clear that we are not following up an idea to become in 10 years time, another Staples or Office Depot in Europe. That, that's not our strategy. So we still believe and count on networks in place. Uh, and we would be completely crazy to think about entering the UK market, for example. They would have just a lot with us, with us, I guess. And for us, it would be quite costly uh, and therefore no idea of becoming a corporation in that sense. Sure, uh, would be a great way to annoy, annoy a very strong partner that you have there already. <laughs> yes. So, so the Staples team was was working together with Banner. Mm -hmm. uh, we we're just talking uh, UK, um, and and the parent company of Banner is is part of the interaction group. So things are closely together. Sure. Okay. Just quickly, what are your top one, two, or three priorities for the next twelve to eighteen months? Well, pretty simple. Uh, I think getting back to normal. That's the key priority. Not that much influenced by ourselves, unfortunately. So just waiting for the vaccination and then see what we can achieve. Secondly, uh, we speeded up heavily investing into our IT resources. So new channels, new customer groups clearly um, ask for 
for new approaches, new systems. Um, so there we, we start spending more and more money. And uh, thirdly, of course, managing potential acquisition targets. So these are the three main goals for the next one to two years. Simple as that. Yeah, <laughs> well, it sounds like it's enough to, to keep you busy. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking at the Industry Achievement Award, in the past, it has been awarded to people who are perhaps coming to, to the end of their careers just before <laughs> they retire. You're in your early 50s, so you know, hopefully this won't be the case for you. That sounds a bit frightening, <laughs> as you just described the situation. So the peer group is, is maybe a bit strange to me that. Uh, but uh, no, I really enjoy being part of the, this industry and no idea about uh, retiring soon. Uh, no way. I own that business. Um, no one that, that could follow up. Um, this is another downside of, of our very entrepreneurial approach. So we are dependent on a few people. Um, there are no backups. So um, even, a, even a, I would like to, 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 to spend more time on racetracks, I couldn't do so because someone has to do a job in there. Otherwise, things would be put on risk, which I definitely don't like. And by the way, I still really enjoy being part of this industry. Uh, and I really can't wait to, to start traveling again. Yeah, No uh, reason to retire. I'm sure many people will agree with you on that. Okay, well, just yeah, congratulations again. And thank you very much for talking to us today for this episode of OPI Talk. Thanks, Andrew. It was a great pleasure, as always. Okay, thanks, Richard. Take care. You too. All the best. If you have got this far, then thank you for listening to this episode of OPI Talk. Please check out our website, opi.net, for news, interviews, analysis, and much more from the business products world. We've also got a great app that you can download from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine. And we hope you will join us again soon for another episode of OPI Talk.